Let's take our Bibles in, if we would, and go to Matthew chapter number 13. Matthew chapter number 13. I do want to say also, church, thank you for letting me address things like this. I appreciate that. appreciate you guys having the right spirit uh, about addressing these things. I don't like to have to address them, but we need to address them to stop them. And so I want to say thank you so much uh, for allowing that. If you would stand with me out of respect for the Word of God, if you're physically able to, uh, Matthew chapter number 13 and verse number 15. Matthew chapter number 13 and verse number 15. The Bible says this, For this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes have they, uh, they have closed, lest at any time they should see, their, uh, see with their eyes and hear with their ears, and should understand with their hearts, and should be converted, and I should heal them. It said, For this people's heart waxed gross, and their ears were dull of hearing. I'm going to preach a message to you this morning entitled, The Need for Spiritual Hearing Aids. The Need for Spiritual Hearing Aids. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. Thank you for the day that you've given to us. Thank you for the opportunity we have to be in your house this morning. Lord, I thank you for the privilege that you've given us to be here together under this roof. Lord, to come together to lift your name on high, to worship you this morning. God, I pray that you will not be ignorant of Satan's devices. Lord, I pray that you'll not allow division and discord amongst the brethren. Lord, I pray that we'll unite together with unity as a church to resist Satan and the devils of hell, that they'll not be allowed in this place. We claim your blood, that you'll bind Satan and his devils from this building, from the hearts and lives of each and every person that is here today. Lord, would you just get them out of this place? They're not welcome here at Faith Baptist Church. But Lord, your spirit's invited. And Lord, we want you here, please. Lord, we claim your promise that where two or three are gathered in your name, there you are in the midst. And Lord, we need your presence this morning. Lord, this church does not need to hear from Dan Caldwell today. They need to hear from God. Lord, we ask you please to allow us to open our hearts to your truth. Lord, I believe this is the message that you've given me for this morning. God, I pray that you'll help me to be your mouthpiece today. Lord, I stand where the arm of the flesh will fail me. I need your help. I need your touch. But Lord, if there's any here today that do not know you as their personal Lord and Savior, I pray they'll trust you today. Lord, I pray that we'll lift your name on high and we'll leave here, Lord, better because we were here. Lord, we thank you and praise you for all that you've done in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you for standing. In Matthew 13, verse 15, there's that phrase. It says they were dull of hearing. Their ears are dull of of hearing. In Acts 28 verse 27, the Bible says for the uh, for the heart of this people wax gross and their ears are dull of hearing and their eyes they close lest they should see with their eyes and with their ears and understand with their heart and should be converted and I should heal them. You say, "Wow, it says the same thing in Acts as it did in Matthew." Yeah, the same God wrote it. And he said they were dull of hearing. In Hebrews 5 and verse 11, it says, Of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing ye are dull of hearing. Listen, a lot of people today want to hear what they want to hear, or they hear what they want to hear. 
They don't hear what they need to hear. They hear what they want to hear. And they go to churches that will not tell the truth because they don't want to know the truth. They just want to know, uh, just make me feel good when I come to church. Just when I come, don't step on my toes. Don't tell me what the truth is all about. Don't tell me that I'm living a life of sin. Just tell me that God's pleased with me, of who I am, because God loves me just the way I am. And I can be how I want to be and do what I want to do. And God's okay with that. That's not Bible. And the Bible says that they were dull of hearing. People didn't want to hear the things of God. And uh, I just read to you about preaching the word and being instant in season and out of season. It said reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. But people were uh, having itching ears. You know what they wanted to hear? They wanted to hear just teaching that weren't going to convict their hearts. They wanted to hear things that were twisting the word of God. And there's a lot of things out there that are attacking the word of God today. But I want to share some things with you. And I want you to look real quickly into 1 John chapter number 4. Take your Bibles there. 1 John chapter 4. Starting in verse number 4. Let's read a few verses here. Look what it says. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world hearkeneth them, and the world hearkeneth them. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us, and he that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby we know that the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. We know the difference. Listen, you ought to, why is it important for us to hear the word of God? It's so we can know the difference between truth and lie. We can know the difference between right and wrong. We can know the difference between what is error and what is correct. But when people are dull of hearing and they're not listening spiritually with spirit ears, oh, they hear it in their mind, but they don't listen to the Word of God. They basically turned off their spiritual hearing. They don't understand why things are wrong and why we ought to live holy, righteously, and godly in this present world. And They don't understand why. And all of this preaching of truth and preaching of separation and preaching on living holy and preaching on all of this doesn't really make sense. Because they're listening with fleshly ears, not spirit ears. And the fact is, God wants us to get to His Word, and uh, we ought to take the Bible for exactly what it says, not twist it to fit what we want it to say. We like to hear what we want to hear. I was teasing with some kids I was teaching here recently uh, about Santa Claus. And if any of you believe in Santa Claus, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to burst your bubble this morning, okay? He's not real, okay? He's made up. He's a fairy tale character. There's not reindeer that really fly, and he doesn't go around the whole world in one night, okay? Even though Zechariah 2.6 does say, Ho, ho, come forth and flee from the land of the north, saith the Lord, okay? But listen, you could take that verse, and you could make it say, Santa Claus is real. I could do that. Why? It says, Ho, ho, come forth and flee from the land of the north. What's his famous saying? Ho, 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 right? Okay, so we could twist Scripture to make it mean whatever we want it to mean, but that's not what God's saying, Okay? It's not what God's saying. I was talking to somebody just during handshake time. They're talking about how people twist Scripture, how they twist Scripture. See, the world is a dull of hearing. They don't like to hear the truth because the truth convicts. When the truth is brought forth, it brings forth a, 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 an idea to understand that, whoa, there's some self-examination that's got to take place. And nobody in this room likes to be called out. Nobody in this room likes to have our uh, wrongs exposed. Nobody, uh, because of our flesh, because of our pride, likes to think that we are doing anything wrong, that we're just perfect the way we are. But the fact of the matter is, there's a world that's dying and going to hell, 
And there's children of God that have turned off their spiritual hearing aids and they're not growing in the things of God. And I'm going to share with you why we need to have our spiritual ears listening and who are the people that need to turn on their spiritual hearing first. Uh, the people that are stunned or stunted in their spiritual growth. People that aren't growing in Christ. In uh, Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 11, it says, Of whom we have many things to say, and hard to be uttered, seeing ye are dull of hearing. For when the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need the one to teach you again, which be the first principles and oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So preacher, what's he saying in Hebrews chapter number 5 is what he's saying is this. If you are a child of God and you've been saved for any length of time, you ought not to still be a babe in Christ. You ought to be growing in the things of God. And the reason that sometimes we're not is because we've turned off our spiritual hearing. We think, hey, I'm saved on my way to heaven. That's good enough for me. And guess what? You are saved and you are on your way to heaven. And even if you choose not to follow the word of God after that, if you by faith receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, you didn't try to do it by works, you believed you were a sinner, believed that you needed a Savior, understood you couldn't do it by yourself, trusted Jesus Christ, His death, burial, and resurrection on the cross, you're saved because of Him. And you're trusting what He did. But it's up to you to grow in Christ. It's up to you to turn on the spiritual hearing aids and not just be babes that are uh, unskillful in righteousness, but to be ones that are chewing on the strong meat of the Word. See, the Bible says, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the Word, that they may grow thereby. And as we begin to grow, the Bible then is like into the bread of life. It's a little tougher than the milk is, but it's not as hard as the meat. And then as we continue to grow in the things of God, we ought to be chewing on the meat of the Word of God. But why do people not understand what the Bible's saying? Why does it seem like there's so much confusion on what God's Word says and why they can't get the truth of it out? I'll tell you why. Because we want to hear what we want to hear and we turn off what God's trying to tell us. And the fact is, we just need to grow in Christ. By the way, there's people that come to church and they say, listen, I'm not being fed. I promise you this, if you come to Faith Baptist Church, you're going to hear the Word of God being preached. If you don't get fed, it's not because food's not there, it's because you're not taking of it. But guess what? Nobody in this room eats only on Sunday physically. Nobody in this room eats only Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night physically. The fact of the matter is, your spiritual growth is determined by your personal walk with God. It's not my job to feed you daily. It's your job to feed yourself through the Word of God daily. You know what it's my job for? To prepare and preach the Word of God, what He tells me to preach with my heart. But guess what I have to do for myself every day? I don't prepare messages just to deliver to other people. I have to prepare messages so God can speak to my heart so that I have the right spirit when I stand up to preach and I preach the Word of God that I can do it with a clear mind and a clear heart knowing that it's God's Word that He wants people to understand, not my Word. I don't believe that a preacher should get up and uh, use the pulpit for his own agendas. I believe he ought to preach the word and let the Holy Spirit do what the Holy Spirit does. 
But a lot of people will turn that off and say, well, this preacher preaches too hard on this subject. Let me tell you what, we preach as hard as this book is. And guess what? God's hard on sin. He's hard on sin. Why? Because God despises sin. It said he resisteth proud, but giveth grace to the humble. God hates lying lips. They're an abomination unto the Lord. And so many things we could go on and go through a whole list of things. But people that are stunted in their spiritual growth need to turn on their spiritual hearing aids because they're, they're missing out on what it's like to be a grown-up in Christ. To be a mature Christian. You ever uh, seen somebody who's been saved for maybe 20, 25 years and just seems like they're still the same as they were when they first got saved? They have no spirituality to them really at all. It's not, where's the change that took place? Doesn't mean they're not saved. But oftentimes what happens, we judge them based on what they're doing. And we say, well, I don't know if they really got it. Maybe they didn't get saved. Well, maybe it's because they turned off spiritual hearing aids and they're not listening to the things of God and they're still a babe in Christ. But listen, we ought to, as a church, make every opportunity for people to grow in the Lord. That's why we have a discipleship Sunday school class. That's why we have Sunday school. That's why we have church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. That's why we do all that. Why? So people can get the Word. And they can chew on the Word of God. And so we need to understand God wants us to be eating the strong meat. It said, belonging to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Listen, as we study the Word of God, it exercises our senses. Uh, It's good to have your senses exercised. It's good to know when Satan's coming around to have that spiritual sense to understand who he is and what he's trying to do. See, I I love our U.S. military. I love how they, they know their enemy. They know who it is they're fighting against. They study them. They know how to uh, react in the circumstance. You know what? God's given us everything we need to combat against Satan. He tells us to put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand in the evil day, having done all to stand. And God gives us the truth in his word. And listen, here's the problem in today's society is we've shut off our spiritual hearing. We want to hear what makes us feel good, not what we need to hear. You know, there's a lot of uh, people that I know that have come uh, to me and said, Preacher, you know, I'm struggling in this area, struggling in that. And I said, well, this is what the Bible says. And they say, yeah, I know, but. Now, hold on a second. If we say this is what the Bible says, and you say, I know, but, what you're saying is, okay, I don't want God's word. I want to hear what I want to hear. Tell me what I want to hear, not what God says. Okay, there is no but in Scripture. You say, what do you mean by that? If God said it, that settles it. There is no other alternative. If God says, be holy, for I am holy, we can't say, yeah, I know that preacher, but. But you know, being holy is not that popular today. See, the fact is, you can't put a but on that. There is no other exception. The only but there is, is that for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, and that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. There is a difference in Christ from the world. But there is no difference when God says that this is what you're supposed to do. There is no other plan. There is no other alternative. You can't say, God, plan B, please. It doesn't happen that way. Listen, now God allows circumstances based on our choices. But the fact is, God says to do it, that settles it. We ought to do it. He says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Well, how am I supposed to do that if I'm here in Martinsburg, West Virginia? Well, I give to missions. 
I send missionaries out. I try to make sure that I'm praying for our missionaries, doing those things. That's helping reach the world. You know what I'm doing here in the Jerusalem that I'm in? I'm telling those that don't know the Lord Jesus Christ about their Savior. I'm telling them about it. Why? Because God said to do it. Period. Done. There is no other. Well, I just can't do that. God didn't give you an option. He said, go and tell them. Well, I'm not good at speaking to people. Listen, aren't you glad somebody spoke to you? So you could know you're going to heaven? What a blessing that is. But people that are stunted in their spiritual growth. Secondly, uh, who needs to turn on the spiritual hearing aids are people that are staying from church. People that don't come to church. They ought to be here. You say, why? The Bible says in Psalm 26, verse 8, Lord, I have loved the habitation of thy house and the place where thine honor dwelleth. Psalm 122, verse 1, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. See, the Bible tells us that we ought to be here. It says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as a manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. You know what? God died for the church. He loved the church and gave himself for it. You say, well, the church is made up of a body of believers. Good, then why do you stay home and avoid the body of believers? Fact is, we ought to come to church. It's helped to have edification and uh, encourage one another. And uh, man, I'll tell you what, just getting recharged uh, in the week. Because Satan's on the war path. Satan's trying to destroy the house of God. He wants to do everything he can to rub God's name in the dirt. And he's going to do it through getting in to God's people. Now listen, Satan cannot possess you if you're saved. Because the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. He took up residence inside of you the day you got saved. And Satan can't live where God is, just so you understand that. But Satan can oppress you. He can bombard you and bring adversity and oppression in your life and try to derail you from what God wants you to do. But the fact is, we ought to come to church so that we can stay on those things, be encouraged and have uh, other people help to understand we're not in this thing alone. Remember, Elijah thought he was the only one. Lord, it's just me. I and I alone are doing this. But the fact is, there are other people going on for God. And coming to church gives us that excitement to understand other people are going through battles, but they're getting victory on the other side through the Lord Jesus. And man, what an exciting thing it is, man, to hear how people have gone through uh, traumatic things. And man, here they are sitting in church today. I think of Brother Scott, man, this scary situation that happened with him just recently in the past. Man, here he sits. What an answer to prayer. That gets encouragement to me. That motivates me to go forward for God. You know why? Because when we stay away from church, we're saying, God, I don't need you. I don't need that encouragement of the brethren. The Bible tells us, though, to bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. How do we do that if we're not around God's people? We ought to be here. So those that are staying from church. Thirdly, we're going to touch on this one a little bit. Those that are straying from God's word. Those that are straying from God's word. Romans 10, 17. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I've had people come to me and say, Preacher, I have a hard time having faith. And I ask them this, do you read the Bible? Do you study God's word? And nine times out of ten I get, no, not really. I was like, well then how are you supposed to have faith? When faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by what? The word of God. If you don't open your spiritual ears or turn on your spiritual hearing aids to the Word of God on a daily basis, you can't expect things to go right in your life. You can't expect everything to be smooth sailing. But by the way, guess what? When you turn even on your spiritual hearing aids, life gets a little rocky. Gets a little rough. 
Why? Because we see what we're going through and the valleys that we're going through and all these things. But there's always joy because we know that the Lord's with us through it all. And I begin to look at these things and I think they say, you know what? It's very important for us to meditate on the Word of God, to get into the Word of God. God commands us to do those things. In Romans 1, it said, Blessed is the man, or yeah, uh, he says, Blessed is the Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law doth he meditate day and night. You know, we have to go back to these things in the Bible and understand that God wants us to meditate on his word, to grow in his word, to do the things that he wants us to do in his word. How do we grow in Christ? How do we do those things? We meditate in the word of God. We grow in the things of God. We get back to the word of God. All scripture, the Bible says, is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. I apologize. I said Romans 1. It's Psalms 1. I was looking at my notes. Uh, Romans 1 doesn't talk about meditating on the word of God. Psalms 1 says that. But the fact of the matter is this. We need to get back to God's word. Don't stray from the word of God. There's a lot of people turning. And you know what another excuse is? Well, how do I know? That this is God's word. There's a lot of other versions out there that are a lot easier to understand. In John chapter number 1, the Bible says, In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God, and the word was God. And if you continue to read down verse 12, 13, 14, it said, And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. So wait a second, let me ask you a question. How many gods are there? Big G gods. One. So if he says he is the word, and there's multiple words, then there ought to be multiple gods. But there's one God, and one word, and that's in this King James Bible, and I'm glad we have it. People say, well, only the originals are inspired. The Bible says all scripture is given by inspiration of God. That's God-breathed. The fact of the matter is there's also a, a teaching on preservation. God promised the, the grass withereth and the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. And nobody in this room reads Hebrew and Greek. And God gave us an English Bible, and I'm glad we have the truth of it in the word of God. And you say, well, preacher, that's not something we ought to uh, die on that hill. Listen, if you don't have the foundations of the word of God in your life, you're going to fall for anything. You say, I have some people say, what's the most important doctrine? got to be the doctrine of God. It's got to be the doctrine of Christ. got to be the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. I believe the most important doctrine is the doctrine of His book. Because this is where we find our doctrine. And if you have this messed up, then your doctrine's messed up. And the fact is, you go to the Word of God and let the truth set you free. You ought to be not straying from God's Word. And listen, I'm not going to get into a big exhortation this morning on the King James Bible. You want to know about that, we can talk about that later. Or you can listen to the message that was preached on our spiritual sword where we showed the other versions of Scripture and you can look at all that and listen to all that and decide for yourself. But I'm glad we have a perfect Word of God. I'm glad we have a Word of God that's inspired. It's God-breathed and He still speaks through it today. And we ought not to stray from God's Word. We need to turn on our spiritual hearing aids. Those are stunted in their spiritual growth. Those that are staying from church. Those are from straying from God's Word. Those that are slowing down in prayer. Those that are slowing down in prayer. Hebrews 4.16 Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. 2 Chronicles 7.14 If my people, 
which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked way. He said, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. You know, the White House isn't going to change America. Whatever political opponent or political person becomes president or uh, senators or congressmen, whoever it is, they're not the answer to our nation. The answer to our nation is God's people that aren't slowing down in prayer. They're praying fervently. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. I believe if we're honest, we could say we're guilty today of being slack in our prayer life, of slowing down in our prayers. Oh, we, we say, well, I don't want to read my Bible because, you know, I, just, it, I don't have enough time, preacher. It, it's too hard for me to understand it. And we can make all kinds of excuses all we want to. But you love God the way you ought to love God. You're going to have a desire for God's word. And then as you get into his word, you understand God desires a relationship with us. And in a relationship, it's not a one-sided conversation. It's two-sided conversations. God wants us to respond to him as he responds to us. God wants that two-way communication. Well, how do we speak to God? Do we write a whole book with 66 books and try to offer it up to God? No, because we don't inspire a book. We have words that we talk to the Lord. He tells us to pray and talk to him. And I'm glad that we have one mediator between us and God, and that's the man Christ Jesus. By the way, you don't have to come confess your sins to a pastor because you have a great high priest, and that's Jesus. And you can go to him and talk to him about things and, uh, listen, get things right between you and the Lord. But listen, let's not slow down in prayer. Let's keep praying. We have to pray without ceasing. The effectual fervent prayer of that righteous man availeth much. Listen, we ought not to quit because our nation needs God's people to be prayer warriors. But let me, let me admonish you in something. You can't pray with a prideful heart and expect God to listen. It said he resisteth the proud, but he giveth grace to the humble. He tells us those that refuse to hear his word, even their prayer is an abomination to him. Can you imagine praying and God saying, that's abominable to me? Wow. God says if we won't listen to his word and we won't listen to what he has to say, when we pray, we're praying with that proud heart because we didn't need God's word. This is all about just God. You need to listen to me. And God says that's abominable to me. God won't listen to it. Let's not slow down in prayer. We ought to pray with a, a humble heart. That's why 2 Chronicles 7.14 is so important. He says, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves. He says that first, Brother Eddie. Humble themselves and pray. And seek my face. How do we do that? And turn from their wicked way. You mean that means I have to live what I read? Not just be a hearer of the word, but be a doer of the word? So I got to humble myself. I got to pray. I got to get into God's word. Then I got to listen to God's word. Sounds a little bit like Joshua 1 8 to me. Where this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. And then thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and thou shalt have good success. I'm glad the Bible ties together with itself, aren't you? The fact is, we ought not to slow down in prayer. The need for spiritual hearing aids. We have people that are staying away from church. They need to turn on their spiritual hearing aids, hear what God has to say. He said, forsake not. Forsake not. Those that are straying from God's word, he tells us that we ought to be in his word daily, meditating day and night on the things of God. 
We ought not to slow down in prayer. We ought to pray without ceasing. I was thinking about in Ephesians chapter 6 when we talk about the whole armor of God. And we go down through all of those and it says, And the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And we usually put a period and stop. But it says this, Praying always with all prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. We, we ought to pray. Why? Because God tells us prayer is something that's very important in our life. We ought not to slow down in prayer. If you've slowed down in prayer, let me admonish you, turn your spiritual hearing aids on this morning and get back to praying. Get back to talking to the Lord. There's people in our church that need you to be in tune with God in your prayers. When you go to the Lord on behalf of Miss Alice this morning, who lost her husband of 63 years, she needs you to be on tune with God, not have proud in your heart when you talk to God. When people in our church that are going through battles in their marriage or finances or whatever it may be, maybe there's sicknesses in their family, struggles that are going on and their brothers and sisters in Christ are going to go to the Lord in prayer for them, they need us to have a right heart when we go to the Lord in prayer. Let's not slow down in prayer. The need for spiritual hearing aids, those are stunted in their spiritual growth. Those that are staying from church, those that are straying from God's word, people that are slowing down in prayer, people that are slack in giving. People that are slack in giving. Proverbs 10.4, He becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand, but the hand of the diligent maketh rich. 2 Corinthians 9, 7, Every man according to as he purposed in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. I could go through verse after verse after verse after verse after verse where the Bible talks about giving. And this whole message I probably just ruined by bringing up giving because people will automatically say, all that preacher ever talks about giving, 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 giving. The fact of the matter is if you give with the right heart, you don't care if somebody mentions about giving. But if you don't give and you're begrudging of those things, the Bible says you're robbing God. If you read Malachi chapter 3, it says, wherein hath we robbed thee? He says, in tithes and offerings. He says that we ought to give. Why? That he can open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that we're unable to receive. And I believe God's got some great blessings in store for the house of God, for Faith Baptist Church. But you know what it's going to take? People with a giving heart. But not just giving of their finances, giving of yourself to the Lord. You say, well, preacher, when he talks about giving and he says he loveth a cheerful giver, uh, he's not just talking about your monetary possessions. God doesn't need your money. By the way, it's not your money. It's God's money. It belongs to him. And when he says to bring the first fruits at 10%, he's not saying bring me enough if you have enough left over from your bills. Not what he's saying. What he's saying is give to me first and I'll supply your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Listen, we ought to give to the Lord. Why? Because he wants to show you a miracle. How he can take the 90% and make it go farther than the 100% could go. Just like the five loaves and the two fishes that fed the 5,000. What a miracle that was. Man, how could that take place? Not just the 5,000. There was women and children there as well. And there was 12 baskets full at the end. What God's saying is, listen, it can run over in your life if you'll just be a cheerful giver. Somebody that's just willing to say, Lord, here it is. You can, you can have it all. Why? Because you gave it to me. And it's all belong to you. We don't like to hear that because we love that almighty dollar. We love to have that money in our wallet or in our bank account. But you understand there's going to come a day when the eastern sky is going to part. Trump's going to sound and the Lord's going to come back. And he's going to say, come up hither. And the dead in Christ are going to rise. And we which are alive and remain will be caught up together with him in the Lord. And if we have a million dollars in the bank, and uh, 
we're saved, guess where it's staying? It's staying in the bank, and the bank's going to end up, well, they're no longer here. They disappeared. We're going to give it to somebody else or do something with it ourselves. The fact is, our forefathers understood when they put on our money in God we trust. They want us to understand we ought not to trust in money, but trust in the God of the money. And it's not just in our, our, our wallets that he wants us to be giving. He wants us to give of our life completely to him. God wants us to present our bodies a living sacrifice. Wholly acceptable unto God. But there are people that are slack in giving. You ought to give to the Lord. You say, preacher, I can't afford to. No, you can't afford not to. You can't afford not to. You ought to give to the Lord. And I know we got visitors here today and things like that, but I don't apologize for preaching the Bible. I don't apologize for preaching truth. But the fact is, some of you in this room this morning are missing out on God's financial blessings in your life because you're robbing God of what God's given you. God wants to bless you. He wants to do miracles in your life. Just give to the Lord. Give to Him. And He'll, you say, well, preacher, I don't have much to give. Well, the Bible talks about that too. There was a little widow woman who had only two mites to give in the offering. And many other people came to the treasury and it said, they that were rich cast in much, but she of her want gave all that she had. She only gave those two Little mites that she had. But God found favor with her because she gave with the right heart, saying, I'll give everything I've got to the Lord if that's what he requires of me. Listen, I wonder if God said to you today, listen, I want you to give me this. Whatever it is, you fill in the blank. Would you give it to him? If you wouldn't, that means you don't have a surrendered heart to God. Listen, it's difficult to do. Because we say, man, I work hard for things. Listen, it's not wrong for you to have things. It's wrong for things to have you. That's what's wrong. It's when things have you. I'm not against people that have a nice house, nice cars, nice things like that. I'm not against that at all. But if you're not willing to give to the Lord, there's a problem. There's a problem. But I'll tell you what will fix that problem of the financial giving is giving of yourself spiritually. If you give to, your, to the Lord spiritually in your heart, Lord, here I am, use me from the top of my head to the sole of my feet, I'm yours, God, then that means he'll have everything about you. It won't be hard to give financially because you've already given to him everything completely. You've surrendered it all to him. That's how you do it. As you just surrender to him completely, then everything that you have is already his. Just give it to him. Those that are slack in their giving. But some people that need to turn on their spiritual hearing aids last this morning are these people that are short on salvation. You say, what do you mean by that? People that are trusting in a prayer rather than belief in God. Trusting in an a idealistic religious philosophy in order to go to heaven. Oh, trusting in a, a, a good work to get me there. The Bible says in John chapter 5, verse 24, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Can you explain to me in that verse where it ever says pray to prayer? It doesn't. John 3 verse 7, marvel not that I say unto thee, you must be born again, he says. What's he talking about born again? Not of blood nor, or of water, but of God. Being born of God. How do we do that? Well, first off, we have to understand that when we're physically born, we're born into the devil's family. We're born in sin. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, the Bible says. 
The Bible then says in Romans 6, 23, that the wages of sin is death. That's what we deserve because of sin. There's a lot of people out there tell you, oh yeah, well, you know what, you're not that bad of a person. When you get to heaven, God will take your good works and your bad works and he'll put them on this scale in heaven and whichever one, if the good works outweigh the bad works, then your good works will get you into heaven. Well, I'm here to tell you, read the Bible, turn on your spiritual hearing aids. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, for by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourself, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. The Bible says that there's none good... No, not one. There's none righteous. None of us are except Jesus Christ and Him alone. And when He then takes up residence inside of you because of belief in what He has done, that wage of sin that you and I deserve, that penalty of sin, Jesus did on the cross. He shed His blood for you and I on the cross. He was that payment for sin for you and I. He took hell for us and conquered death and hell and rose from the grave offering life everlasting to anyone who will believe on his name and believe in him. John 5:24 again, verily verily I say unto you, he that heareth my word, got to turn it on spiritually and believeth on him that sent me, hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation but be passed from death unto life. John 3:16 for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Listen, I'm here to tell you today, listen with your spiritual ears this morning, you cannot go to heaven except through Jesus. Period. John 14, 6, Jesus saith unto them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father, but by me. I don't care what any person has told you, I don't care what any religion has said. Religion doesn't get you to heaven. Jesus gets you to heaven. Jesus gets you to heaven. That's what the Bible says. It's through Him and Him alone. Do I believe you ought to be a good person? Yes, I do. Do I believe you ought to try to do right? Yes, I do. But you understand without the one who is holy and righteous and godly inside of us, we're incapable of doing those things because we're sinners with a sin nature. That that's what we desire and that's where we lean towards. But by grace, when he, in his mercy, died on the cross for me, did all of that he could through the gospel, which has power to save, and then I, by faith, received the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior, then I have the righteousness of God in me. And I'm capable of doing righteous things because of the one who's living inside of me. And as I follow his word and I go to the Lord in prayer and I come to church and I give according to the way God wants me to and all of those things, guess what? I begin to get opened up to things in scripture that God wants to show me. And as I grow and I grow and I grow, it all becomes because you turn on your spiritual hearing aids and you say, Lord, I don't want to hear what I want to hear. I want to hear what you know I need to hear. That's what we ought to be asking the Lord. Lord, what do you want me to hear? Now listen, this wasn't some deep theological message this morning other than the fact of this. Don't be dull of hearing. Listen to what the Bible tells you. Listen to what God has to say. Don't discount what the Lord says. What saddens me is that we want to hear more of what these uh, philosophers have to say or these scientists have to say or (coughs) these politicians have to say. The Bible says, let God be true and every man a liar. It doesn't matter how many degrees somebody has on their their wall. If they go contrary to this book, they're wrong. God's right. 
period. God is true. And the truth will set you free. Listen, turn on your spiritual hearing aids this morning, would you please? If you're here and you're not saved, God loves you. He loves you so much that he was willing to take your sin upon himself and offer life to you. He's not willing that any should perish, the Bible says, but that all should come to repentance. If you're here today and you've never by faith received the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, I'm here to tell you there's great news. He wants you to be saved today. When you have the old things passed away, behold, all things can become new in Jesus. But if you are saved, listen, He wants you to listen to His Word. He wants you to pray. He wants you to give. He wants you to do these things. Why? So that you might know Him. That you might know Him. Our theme this year, to know God and to make Him known. Listen, if you're staying away from church and you're not getting in the Bible and you're not praying, guess what? You don't know God. Oh, He might live inside of you, but you don't know Him. Let me encourage you, get to know God. He said, draw nigh unto me and I will draw nigh unto you. That's God's promise. Heads bowed, eyes closed.